Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first Indie Allies podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Darkslayer TV. And I am joined today by my co host, good friend, and another amazing indie game developer, Hal. How are you doing today? I am doing well, Dark. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm really excited about this. I'm very excited about it as well, and, and a bit nervous, um, just being upfront about that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it feels it feels weird because like we were talking right before this, and everything t- felt totally normal. But now, like that, I know that it's actually happening. It feels weird. Yeah, the podcast is on now. <laughs> But no, all right, so what is this podcast? This podcast is a place for uh, indie game developers and hopefully one day professional game developers can come. They can talk about their experience in the industry. They can talk about their passions and things that they love about game development. Um, And it's just kind of a thing for our little community uh, because we have a Discord for Indie Allies. I will make sure that's in the descriptions if you'd like to join. Uh, a, a nice little chat room because eventually we want to have guests and uh, just have good conversations about game development in general. Um, today, however, I have this little int- itinerary in front of me um, and we are going to start with introducing ourselves, who we are, uh, why are we the host and co-host or both co-hosts, however you want to put it, or both hosts. Um yeah, I don't know. Do you want to start Hal or should I start? Um, I'll go ahead. Okay. Um, yeah, so uh, just oh boy, a little bit about me. I always hate this question. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I got my start um, actually kind of before game development. I've been a photographer um, in the photography business for a very long time, like 13 years now, which is insane. Um, and I got into it back kind of shortly after college when I didn't really know what I was doing or what I wanted to do. But I was always kind of interested in art and photography and that kind of stuff and literally just went out and bought a camera one day and just started taking photos. And long story short, one thing led to another, started doing portraits and mostly weddings and been doing that ever since. Um, And I've always enjoyed it. And I've even told myself that like it's my passion before, but I think if I'm being honest, it never really was my passion. Like I, I enjoy it a lot, but I don't think for a very long time I really knew what my passion was. And um, I have always been a big gamer ever since I was a kid. I feel like I'm a little different than some people because I didn't really grow up playing console games. Um, never had a Nintendo when I was a kid, never had a Sega. I grew up mostly just on PC. I'm right there um, with you. I will admit I had consoles up until PlayStation 2, but it, it, the PC was there the whole time. Yeah, yeah. Um, my my best friend had a console. I think he... I don't even remember what it was. It was a Sega. I don't remember. A Genesis, Sega. probably. <laughs> um, but even he had a PC, and like we would just play PC games mostly. But anyway, I've been a huge gamer, you know, ever since I was a youngster and um, never, ever imagined I would want to make games. Um, 
Not, well, I guess that's not totally true. When I was in college, I was I was kind of interested in it, but then everyone was like, oh, "Okay, well, you have to get a you know degree in programming," and um, I did not like programming, and I still don't like programming. Um, I tried a little bit of, I think it was Python to learn Python, um, and I just didn't like it. It just never clicked with me, and which, so which brings up a good point, by the way. Um... That's how you and I ended up working so well together. Yeah, because that's true. you, with your photography background, um, you've been very good at visual stuff. Like anytime I need anything visually done, I can hand it to you, and I'm not worried even a little <laughs> bit. Um, but whereas when you're in need of programming, that's where I come in. I can't make anything look good to save my life but it will work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, so I, I, I don't, I, again, I don't know why, but I just had this image in my head of like a game developer, a game developer just meant that you had to be a programmer. And, uh, I just imagined like people sitting around staring at lines of code all day and typing out lines of code. Um, <laughs> and well, that's um, something I hope that, we can you know one of the things that we can diffuse one of the rumors we can diffuse about bit, game yeah. development i i think that this kind of podcast is important because i don't think people really know what game development is yeah um i think that's a really good point and i definitely didn't um for a very long time and so i had a friend who um had encouraged me for a little while to try out unreal engine and you know, for, like I said, a long time, I just didn't think that I would like it, didn't like programming, but I finally downloaded it, and on day one, I was just blown away. Um, I could not believe how user-friendly it was. Um, I couldn't believe that I could just, like, follow a tutorial and basically create this super beautiful scene uh, with, you know, literally zero um, experience. Um, and so I was like, this is really interesting so um i started to just play around with it just every day and after a couple of weeks <laughs> which still sounds crazy like a couple of weeks and i'm already thinking like i think i want to do this <laughs> um but I, I don't know maybe that's just like where you know when people discover their passion they they find it and they just know it and that's how i feel it just felt so obvious to me that like this is what I want to be doing and should be doing. So I tried not to like rush to conclusions right away because you know how like anytime you get into a new hobby or you discover something new or like anytime you watch a movie, like a good movie, you know, right after it, you're like, that's the greatest movie I've ever yes. seen. Um, so I, I tried not to be like, you know, okay, I'm going to be a game developer. So I wanted to kind of, test myself a little bit and you know just see if if this was something that i really wanted to do um so i took the next month and i told myself that i was going to try and make something so um i i wanted to try and make like a little demo for a game mm -hmm. and so the the idea and the thing that i made was basically just like a little escape room type demo Oh my um, gosh, I know exactly what you're talking about, dude. Yeah. I can't I can't talk it about it here. Yeah, and I can't talk about it here <laughs> because you may or may not be using a version of it uh yeah. now. But 
Yes, it was. It's it's amazing, and the fact it was your first thing is incredible. Yeah. But, but you and so so I wanted to give myself a month, um, you know, a month time frame to make something, see if it was something that I really wanted to do, to see if it was something that I even felt like I could do. Um, because at that point, like I had no, literally no experience with any kind of programming, um, and you know, like two weeks experience with Unreal Engine. Um, that is nothing. It's, yeah. it's literally nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I started doing that, and and I, you know, I also just wanted to see if this was something that I would be like, okay, first three days, like I'm super excited about it, and then you know, like the fourth day, like I'm excited, and then the fifth day, like I'm. I'm kind of excited, but you know, I, I wanted to see if it was going to be something that would really hold my attention. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Um, long story short, it <laughs> like it didn't only hold my attention. Like every single day, I was just craving to do more, yes. um, and I just couldn't wake up and just start, you know, working on it. So, um, and, you know, so while you were explaining, like you know, you wanted to make sure it was actually like a passion or that. This is how people find their passions. The way I look at it, and I think that a lot of people can relate, is you know you're doing something you want to do or that might be your passion or whatever whenever there's resistance, but you're enjoying the resistance. Yeah. Like, it's kind of like whenever... I don't know how much you actually enjoy working out, but I'm someone that when I do work out... I love that feeling of like exhaustion that I get because it makes me feel oh, like yeah. I've just been going crazy and I know it's super healthy for me and I feel great. And I feel like that, but from a mental game, when you get yeah. that kind of resistance and your brain's like, dude, go back. That's when you know, like you have the potential to actually like conquer this. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just so exciting just to, create something and to literally just be able to click play and you know see it actually work um or not work but then you know try and then um have that that thing of where you're just like trying to figure out why it doesn't work and then making it work um but yeah so i made that in a few weeks and um then so then i kind of got to the point where i was like okay i love doing this i want to do this so let's just do it. So <laughs> I just dove headfirst and, um, you know, wrote a business plan like that night for a studio that I call Halbot Studios. And so that's what I'm in the process of developing and working on and putting together. And with that um, comes the main game that I'm working on now, which is called House of Lies, which is a first person survival horror game. Uh, basically Resident Evil, just because I love Resident Evil. Right. Um, just my kind of spin and, and version of Resident Evil. Um, and so that brings me up to today where I'm just working on that and um, loving every second of it. Yeah. Um, no, your, your story um, is in a way short and sweet, but it's also it's inspiring. And I think it really shows that a lot of people don't do things because they're bad at it. A lot of people will try something and because it failed or because it just didn't work immediately, they feel almost self-conscious and like they just shouldn't do it. Um, or they don't even try. Like they don't even try enough to make it fail because they tell themselves either they can't or they don't know how. 
But yeah. I think your story really emphasizes something that I want more people to realize. Just do it. And I know I sound like Shia LaBeouf right now, but <laughs> if you don't know how to do something, you don't know how to do it because you haven't done it yet. And that sounds so stupid, but like, just do it. And if it fails, that's awesome because it means that you tried, it didn't work, and you probably learned something along the way. Yeah. And I just, yeah, I, I, uh, I'm going off on a tangent. I haven't even introduced myself yet, but yeah, no, I, I love your story for that reason because it really does show that. Listen, I mean, he was a photographer, then he said, I, this ain't working for me. I'm going to try game dev and now he's doing incredible things. I I've seen a lot of the behind the scenes and it's, it's incredible. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate you saying that. I, I, I feel like I need to say that I'm doing things, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm like making a living at this so no absolutely we not and a long, again we, a long way to go with that yeah but that's a whole another story that yeah. will be a very interesting topic that i think we can talk about as well oh and we will a lot because i think people again you know i'm making a series called demystifying inventory systems we need to make this podcast demystifying the game industry uh yeah a lot of what we do is a labor of love because we're not going to see a return on it for a long time and in fact most of the stuff we do especially in the first few years uh won't have a return the return is the ability to eventually get one yeah but uh anyway well dark slayer uh, i have a question yes go right ahead hal who are you who are you <laughs> uh no um yeah no i'm brandon dark slayer tv winkler um Oh, goodness. My story starts a long time ago, and uh, it has a lot of major beats to get to where I am now. I will spare you all of the gruesome details, but um, I started on gaming super young. Uh, I think the first game I ever played was the first Mario, if that tells you anything. Um oh, okay. And I did, unlike you, I did have some consoles. I had a Super Nintendo, I had a Sega, an N64, and then a PlayStation 2. But those were always put to the side because my dad would build PCs and he enjoyed gaming. Um, some of the first games I ever remember seeing were... Which, you know, it's questionable whether or not these should be the first games I've ever seen, but it is what it is, and I am who I am. Uh, Duke Nukem 3D, um, StarCraft, Brood War, um, Redneck Rampage. I don't even know if half the people listening will even know what Redneck Rampage is. Um, I don't think I know what Redneck Rampage is. It is a... The same the same style as Duke Nukem 3D, like how all of the um, actual actors um, aren't ske like skeletal meshes; they're just like yeah. sprites. So it's a lot like that, um, except everything's like redneck themed and very inappropriate. Um, this game is on Steam, by the way. Redneck Rampage. Yeah, it was big. <laughs> I mean, for the time, right? It was big. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, so you're, you're, you're looking at it now. You guys can get it now. It's still a great game. Um, I mean, you have to expect the fact that it is really old, right? And it does have stuff that's not PC in it because of just the nature of the content of the time. Like, for example, uh, one of the guns is literally called the booby gun and you wear a metal bra and shoot uh, bullets out your nipples. Wait, uh, you're telling me that a game called Redneck Rampage is not politically correct? A redneck Rampage from like 1992 as well. <laughs> so, uh, but no, uh, those were like some of the first games I ever played. And it's actually super relevant to my game development career because at the time, uh, a lot of games had uh, level editors. And I would open specifically the StarCraft Brood War one. And I would just make maps. Now, they weren't good because you're talking about. I don't know, anywhere from like eight to 12 year old child making maps, but I would just make maps. And it's where I started to learn code as well, um, because I would learn like, oh, if I put this field here and then like the player sends something inside of it, I can then make something happen, which, you know, for a 12 year old to figure out, like I'm still blown away. I ever got anything to work in that thing. Um, but that's actually where it started. And very soon after I would make Serious Sam the first encounter maps every day of my life. And I never actually released one. I just had maps for days where I would just, like, try stuff. And, again, I would learn how to spawn enemies, spawn uh, guns and bullets and all the other stuff. And I would try to make maps. But, again, I was more, I was younger and I didn't really see it as... I was doing anything, you know, to me, it was kind of like I was just playing games. Right. So it wasn't like yeah. it wasn't like I was actually trying to put anything out in the world or anything like that. But uh, we'll, we'll fast forward some. I'm graduating high school. I'm going to college for computer science, um, mostly because. I felt like I had to because I wanted to do game development. Like, I already knew, like, I needed to be doing making games or making something. I knew that me creating something was who I was. Because by the time I went to college, my YouTube had been around for, like, four years at that point. Um, because my first YouTube video was, like, 2011. Uh, and I graduated in 2011 from high school. But I didn't go straight to college. And so it was, like, four years after I went to college. Uh, I graduated, or well, I'm getting ahead of myself. I went, for, I went for computer science, and one day, this is this is true true story. One day, I was in class, and the professor was going on and on about how we should think about algorithms, specifically how to take complex algorithms and shorten them for the most efficient processing possible. Mm. and I didn't understand a word of it. <laughs> I was trying very hard at the time as well, and this is before I knew I had ADHD. So for those who don't know, I have diagnosed ADHD to the point where when I was talking to the psychiatrist that diagnosed me, I said, oh, am I, am I like fully diagnosed now? And she said, yes, you are very severely ADHD. Um, so for me to pay attention in class, it took 
mind, body, and soul. Like I yeah. had to be attentive. And so I, every day was, you know, I'm going to put a hundred percent forward and I would be in those classes putting a hundred percent forward. And this is the first time in my entire schooling career. I mean, all a high school and uh, all the classes I've taken up to this point. Cause I had all my prereqs done by this point and I just couldn't follow. And I was terrified because I knew I couldn't trust myself to take this kind of content and then try to learn it outside the classroom. Like you can make a character call about me if you want, whatever. I knew me. I knew if I'm not getting it in here, it's not going to happen outside the classroom either. Um, mm -hmm. And I had a panic attack in the middle of that classroom. Now, luckily, I, I kept it together. Like, I don't think anyone noticed. Or maybe if you were near me, you might notice, like, the signs, right? Like, maybe I was probably, like, looking around a lot, moving, fidgety, not able to, like... Yeah. But I held it together, and then uh, in the middle of class, I just got up and left. Because mm. I, had to, I had to leave. It felt like I had to leave that room. Um, yeah. And there was a lot of things that led to that. It was me not understanding. It was me... Um, knowing that computer science wasn't really working for me because while I would understand something and it was really cool, like, oh, you know, I just spent 10 hours programming something. So that way, when I put this number in, it spits out another one. And even if that process was insanely amazing and magic, it sucked. Okay. I want to create something that's cool that like maybe people will see. And yes, what I was doing was important. But it sucked, man. Like, yeah, I could, like, manipulate memory and all these things, but it sucked. And then going through that panic attack, I said, okay, I've got to do something because I will fail. Like, this isn't going to work for me. Mm -hmm. And that's when I said, you know what? I don't care what society thinks. I'm just going to go start learning game development. And I switched my, my degree over to game development. And uh, four years later... I walked out of IUPUI um, with a Bachelor of Science in Game Development. Uh, while I was there, a lot of people would uh, specialize in something. You know, you had the people that were like, I love 3D. And then you had the people that were like, I love programming and yada, yada, yada. I never found one that I was particularly like, I love this. And I taste tested everything. Um mm -hmm. Because I'm somebody that, if I need it, I want to know how to do it. Um, now I've learned through my game development journey, and we'll get to we'll get to that that you can't do everything. There is not enough time on this planet. You're not going to be able to do everything. Um, well, at least to a high level. Like I can absolutely like open up Blender and crank out a 3D model. But yeah. To do something to a high level, it's not going to happen. With yeah. everything. Uh, but long story short, um, I graduated. I have been busting my butt ever since. Um, I had some ups and downs over the past couple of years, especially uh, with imposter syndrome, with, you know, trying to find a job and just not getting paid and all that stuff. Uh but 
I keep coming back and I keep loving it. And whenever I'm in a good headspace and I can tackle it, I love it. So that's kind of my journey and how I got here. Um, I guess I should probably mention a lot of what I, I do also ends up on YouTube. If you guys are interested in tutorials and stuff, I, I love teaching this stuff. Um, so that's another huge part of what I'm doing nowadays is that. Um, but yeah, so that's who I am. And that's who Hal is. I'm the programmer. And Hal is the vision, the visual guy. I mean, we're, there's more to us than that. But that's like the general, <laughs> the general concepting we have when we work together. <laughs> Yeah, it's interesting that you say that, um, like, you don't feel like you really gravitated towards any one thing. Um, because I feel like I am very strongly gravitating, and I mean, I guess this makes sense, but, like, I feel like I am very strongly gravitating towards, like, the environment artists, um, yeah. you know, that that whole realm of game development um especially since a few months back when i got into blender which we can have a whole other discussion about that but i got really addicted to blender for about two months yeah 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 but which, i guess by the way, way like you, i i really yeah, learned, learned a well. lot in two yeah. months so yeah, yeah. but you know it, it's it is interesting because I ended up being more the programmer, right? And then I ended up hating computer science. So it's, it's, yeah, it, it does seem kind of like hypocritical. But at the end of the day, whenever I'm programming in Unreal, I'm making really cool stuff. I'm making yeah. stuff that people can play. I'm making, you know, things I can show people and they're just cool. Um, whereas I'm not saying if you like computer science, you're wrong or that it's, it's, it's boring, but whenever you spend countless hours to get your computer to do something that yeah it might be super efficient and like super necessary it's so boring whenever like the end result is like yes i finally got true it only took eight weeks of uh debugging but we're here it says true now like oh i hate well, it i i will say that is one of the reasons why and one of the biggest things that i was surprised by with unreal engine was the whole blueprints um yes. because you know like i've said like i've told you a million times and i um, explained here i just did not like programming and i was not a programmer um but i had no idea that there was a things like visual scripting and um while i still don't feel like i would ever want to be like a main role of a programmer I really love blueprints and I, I love learning those and I I can understand and comprehend them just so much easier than looking at lines of code. Oh, absolutely. And But I will say, uh, and this is why we want to have guests, um, there are people that hate it. They would much rather oh, yeah. type There's it out. There's people that love those lines of code. Yeah, and I, I, I don't fault them, um, especially yeah. because as someone that, in general, it min-maxes everything. And I don't just mean video games. I mean literally yeah. everything. Like, if I learn at work, I walked by a closet twice and I only had to once, I redo my routing. And that's in real life. Like, it, it's a problem sometimes. Um, but, yeah. like, I see where coding is better than Blueprint. Because whenever I'm coding or, like, I have to, you know, make something in Unreal with C++, it's kind of like... How do I put it? It's kind of like 
gosh, please don't murder me, internet. It's kind of like Blueprint is like Apple. It's got like all these guards up and it doesn't want you to to screw anything up. And like, so it's got these like harsh restrictions and stuff. Whereas when you're programming, it's sort of like Android where it's like, good luck. Listen, you screw it up. That's on you. Like, I don't care. It's Um, wide open. You can do whatever you want. Yeah, so I don't fault anybody for wanting to do programming, but I will say, even as a super min-maxer that understands that, I will do Blueprint all day. I love Blueprint. Yeah. Yeah, so you're an Apple fanboy then, I see. Absolutely not. I will admit, like, I literally have a Google Pixel right next to me. Like, I... I, You know what? We're not going to go there. Not on the first episode. We're not doing it. (laughs) We're not getting canceled on the first episode (laughs) over Apple, okay? It's not happening. I, I... I almost had this discussion on my stream today. <laughs> I don't even know how these things happen, but you know how this happens. Like, you know, it just, these things come up and I kept like having to stop myself. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to say that. Like I, I have an iPhone. I like my iPhone. And then I kept like, I kept having to stop myself of going into like the benefits of both platforms. Cause I really do see, okay, see, I'm doing it here. I just, I should just stop. No, I listen, I used to do that myself. Like, literally, this is no joke. I don't know if this is like uh, oversharing or not. But whenever I used to go into therapy, because I used to have a therapist and uh, turns out it was ADHD. Um, But anyway, I used to have a therapist and I would talk to her. One of the things I would talk about is everyone always seems to have like an opinion. But yeah, I'm always like, but but they're both good for different reasons. Um, So I get it completely. Like, do I buy Apple? And will I say I enjoy Apple? No, because I don't. Uh, But do I fault someone for having an Apple? No, I also don't. I completely understand. It's kind of like, I don't know how much you know about Linux, but if you wanted to do anything, you essentially have to program it yourself. Um, Yeah. I got into Linux a tiny bit um, back in my... So before I was in game development, I I still am like really into like, you know, building my own PC and putting my own hardware together and that kind of stuff. Much less so than I used to be, but I used to really be into that stuff. And so I used to like install Linux, um, uh, Ubuntu and Mint. Yep. Those were the two that I messed around with. Um uh, particularly Ubuntu, I would mess around a, a bunch with that. Um, but I haven't touched Linux in many years. Right. Um, and there's a reason for that. Like, in the, the, the comparison I'm trying to make is, like, Linux is kind of, like, if you were to make a direct comparison, and it is a stretch, but if, like, Linux was, um, like, Android, and Windows was, like, Apple, yeah, you can do more on Linux technically yeah but of course more people are going to buy windows who wants to program it to watch a video like yeah no one wants to do that so no i i i completely see both sides as well yeah but uh yeah that's who we are um and uh, I feel like we're kind of opposites in certain ways. Um, definitely one, you're a visual guy. You you like the environmental stuff, but you've been learning modeling. You've been learning animation. I know you hate animation, but still. Um, I don't I don't hate animation. I just, 
I find it tedious. It is. And it's very tedious. I find it I find that I enjoy, you know, environmental type things more. Um it's just it's just it's so tedious and so time consuming. It is. Um and then, you know, I'm more of the program side, but it's it goes further than that too, where even though we're opposites in a lot of ways, uh, we work very well together. Um, but other places we're opposite is like how we approach life. Um, I wouldn't say I'm a pessimist, but I'm someone that definitely still acknowledges a lot of the, I guess you could say bad in the world. Whereas yeah. I feel like, and I'm not saying it's it's bad to ignore it. I feel like you're more of an optimistic person that's mostly looking at the good things. Um, and I feel like there's it's, a lot where we're going to split on these things. And I think we're going to have a lot of interesting conversations as well because of that. It's it's actually really interesting that you say that. And I'm actually really happy that you say that because I, I, I think I am actually a very pessimistic person. Um, but I, or I guess I should say, I I used to be a very pessimistic person, and over the past, I would say maybe five years or so, I've really tried to be. I don't want to say less pessimistic, um, but I guess maybe maybe I am, um, but I've just tried to, like see the good in things even though i totally acknowledge that there are a lot of terrible things and there's plenty to be pessimistic about and it's kind of like the apple the apple versus android thing like yeah you know neither one is wrong like i am i can totally see both sides yeah no Um, i i agree with the pessimistic and optimistic thing as well and i will say You've been doing a great job with the optimism thing, because even whenever I start to like, and maybe this is because it's what you tell yourself as well, but like, even when I start to like, go off on something that's like, bad or whatever, you're very quick to be like, well, hold on. But now, since I know that you've made these drastic changes, I almost wonder if it's because, in a way, it's rooted in your brain to tell yourself that whenever you're going off about something. Yeah, I think that is a lot of what it is. I I used to be, um, I don't even know if pessimistic is the right word for it. I I used to just be, like, very negative in a lot of things, and especially gaming. Um, And I used to kind of, like... I, I was never like hardcore like PC uh, PC master race kind of person, mm-hmm. but I would definitely find myself kind of like in those groups of people, like you know, looking on the forums and Reddit and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and I got to a point in life where I was like, "This is just so stupid. Like, why should I care if you know?" if someone wants to play something on an Xbox and it doesn't look, uh, you know, all, or it's like 98% the graphical quality of what I can get on PC. Yeah. yeah, Um, yeah. you know, I used to be like very prideful about like being a PC gamer and I still am to a certain degree. Um, but I used to be so prideful in a way that like I wouldn't buy an, uh, an Xbox or a PlayStation or anything like that. Um, and, 
for whatever reason, well, well, for one reason, like I got some money in life. And so I was able to buy a PlayStation. um, And I was like, oh my goodness, these games are amazing on here. Why have I not gotten to experience these games before? And then same thing with Nintendo. Like I got a Switch and, you know, I finally got to play Zelda and Mario and all these things. And so I kind of got to the point to where I am now to where like I just love video games and I will play video games on whatever you give me, Um, you know, uh, maybe with the exception of a phone. I don't I don't really like playing games on a phone. Yeah, listen, Um, I, I, I will admit I will. I have multiple. I probably play a couple hours a day they're garbage and i fully admit that because they are all pay to win and i don't i don't put money into them very very rarely will i but i think they serve for me like it's just a nice thing to focus on and i think it helps my adhd to have something to focus on in those moments where like it could be anything um i mean if you're having fun then who cares? Like right. that's all that matters to me. To to go back to your point about um the pride thing, I actually think that's a very common thing. Um, at least with our generation, because we're similar ages. Um yeah. I think what it was is we hadn't figured ourselves out yet. So in a way, being prideful in PC or prideful in this or that is like it was kind of our personality forming. Because we didn't really have anything else to fall back on. Not to, you know, maybe I'm throwing you under the bus here. Maybe you don't agree. But I feel like I definitely went through that. And then eventually I'm like, who cares? Like, I'm me. It is what it is. Like, I don't need these things. Yeah. Yeah. I I think for me, it was just that I grew up on PC. And I, you know, had always played on PC. And I just didn't, didn't see any reason for me to get an Xbox or another console or something like that. Um, and I often got very mad when um, games would not come to PC yeah. that would, you know, be exclusive to um, Xbox or, um, you know, whatever. Um, and like, I still, I still wish games were just on everything. I wish that you could just, I wish there were no exclusivity right. uh, games. Um, but at this point in life, like I am just too, uh, I, I just don't want to worry about like not playing a game. Like if there's a game that I want to play and it's only on a console, I'll just go and get that console and just play it there. Yeah. And that's completely fair. Um, all right, let's move forward on the itinerary. Cause we've actually ran, uh, about 47 minutes already. Um, oh my goodness. Yeah, no, which is great, which is great. Um, I don't have a hard limit on these um, time-wise. However, next on the itinerary is actually uh, talking about what we've been doing this week. Now, this week, obviously, it's going to heavily focus on us, but I actually, in the future, when we have guests, like especially guests that specialize in stuff, I can't wait for this segment because we'll be like, what were you up to? And learning about their process. However, this week is all about us. Hal... What have you been up to this week? I just want to say that we're at 47 minute mark and we've only done one uh, part on here, which was supposed to be 10 minutes. <laughs> Correct. So I should have clarified. This is why I said maybe we won't do the news because normally 
I have the news on here, right? And we're going to talk about game yeah. development news. But I knew uh, going into this that us and our introduction and our story was going to be way more than 10 minutes. And I should have updated the itinerary. So that's my bad. <laughs> no, it's fine. I just thought I think it's funny. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I have been uh, mostly working on um, finishing up the... Um, I don't know what to call this. Maybe someone out there, maybe you know know what to call this, but like the specific walkthrough for my game. Like I want to literally have it written out every single step that the player does. Um, and so that's what I've been working on along with um, just kind of planning out the route that you will take through the game. Um, that's been the main thing. I've been doing a little bit... Um, of uh trying to learn about procedural animations um yes, because I'm as so we excited for you as we discussed earlier that, yeah as we discussed earlier um i hate animations <laughs> yeah if i can do them procedurally then that is awesome um uh, but yeah it's really cool actually i i found a pretty easy method of um uh, basically just doing like an aim down sight procedurally um, and it works really well i just need to kind of figure out how to integrate it and incorporate it into the project and everything yeah um, um can we actually if you don't mind can we I'm, I'm really curious about this um the layout you're talking about with uh mm -hmm. the going from point a to point b for the the player yeah. um so i know but just for the audience's sake you've got a map set up for this already so like you've created a mansion um, yeah, and you're 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 saying okay, I've got my set. Now I yeah. need the player to have to move through this set in a certain way, uh, so I can tell my story and they can experience the game. What challenges and what did you learn doing that so far? Yeah, it's incredibly difficult. Um, and I think this is probably where a lot of people fail in general with making a game um, is they they get into it without like a, a, a actual plan for the game, you know? Yeah, no, like, I know 100% because I heard a giant, I'm not going to say AAA company anymore. I want everyone to know my new term for it. And I will always say this publicly owned company uh <laughs> blizzard entertainment i i love world of warcraft and i loved a lot of blizzard's games but they started talking about some of their game development pro uh process and yeah. what you're saying right now is they don't have like a full plan right so it's kind of hard yeah. things start to fall apart they struggle with that in the year 2024 yeah, yeah it's crazy so that's just a really hammer down your point but i'm so sorry for interrupting please continue no uh, and I think it's good to to realize that to a certain degree, and so like you know, don't be so hard on yourself if you're yeah. struggling with this, because it's really hard. <laughs> um, but I do think it's really important to come up with that plan and like have a written plan, you know, game design doc, whatever you want to call it. Um, and it can't just be like, you know, player goes through mansion and finds key and unlocks puzzle to escape mansion like you know you have to that's fine to start with but then you have to be like very specific like okay the player is going to find a key in this room and there's going to be this specific puzzle that they have to solve 
to find this key that will then unlock this door, which will lead to another puzzle or, you know, a certain enemy will be there and so on. And so, yeah, that, that whole process is just very difficult. Um, yeah. And I don't know if I would say that I've necessarily learned anything other than that it's just hard. <laughs> and it's extremely it's, hard. It just requires a lot of, I, I guess I would say one thing, I don't know if I necessarily learned this from this, but I feel like this just helps me on a lot of things, is to start backwards, like start at the end. So like I know kind of the, the big thing that I'm trying to solve here, you know, again, this is very much like a Resident Evil type game. So there's a big mansion that most of the stuff is locked off and you go throughout the mansion and, you know, you find a key that opens a door, which opens more areas and that kind of stuff. So I know how I want to exit the mansion, how you escape. So I, I started there and um, you escape the mansion by solving a puzzle. So I was like, okay, so how are we going to solve the puzzle? And then like, where are you going to find the pieces to that puzzle? And so I kind of worked backwards and like figured out, okay, I can put a piece here that would allow me to do this and so on. So I think that that has helped um, with kind of working backwards. Um, and again, that's something that I feel like I do a lot in game development is work backwards, like start with, you know, what, what I know I want to do. This is actually what I did when I created the demo for the escape room. I was like, okay, well, the the goal is to escape. <laughs> so right. this door is locked. How do we go from uh, this door being locked? How is that player going to open that door? And then you'd be like, okay, so there's got to be a puzzle for that. And you right. figure out how that puzzle is solved. And then it's like, okay, this puzzle has puzzle pieces. Where are we going to hide those? And how are we going to hide them? And all of that stuff. So I guess that's what I've learned um, or kind of the process that I've used to do that. Okay, and I, yeah, that's that's the thing that makes it difficult as well, is there's no right or wrong way to do it. Because yeah. for me, whenever I'm trying to solve that issue, it's for me, it's 100% what is the main purpose of the game and or the story. Um, yeah. Because what it'll be is, okay, I don't want them to do something because it's a puzzle. I don't want them to do something because x y or z that's just like gameplay mechanic yeah when i go to approach a problem like that it's very much why is this door locked we need a story reason so let's yeah. actually put in some some thought as to how did this end up locked all right well now we need to figure out why the player wants to even get in there to begin with yada 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 for me it's all why right like it's not yeah. so much necessarily that I need them to do it. It's more, I'm asking myself, why? Why would they do it? And then I yeah. go from there. Um, so yeah, that makes it even more, like exponentially more difficult um, and easy at the same time is because there is no right or wrong answer. You have to find your own method uh, to get that to happen. Because a lot of people, and I think we, are, we all suffered from this at some point, you think of a game idea, and you're like, I can do that. And yeah. even if you start putting those pieces together, all of a sudden you realize, oh my God, all these pieces are here. And yeah, like A is working and, and T is working and Z is working. But like, 
I didn't even think about the fact I still need the rest of the alphabet and then like half of the numbers that exist in the known universe in order to get this to <laughs> yeah. work. Like there's a lot it, in between. Yes. And the in-between is the hardest part, and it's the stuff your brain doesn't even think of until it happens. Yeah, so I think it's it's definitely very good to try and plan that stuff out. But I will also say I think it's good to be flexible with that because like, I knew that I needed to do this process for a very long time, but I I felt like I couldn't really even do this until I got the basic level design done. So like my first thing, instead of trying to, you know, write out like a super detailed walkthrough of how this was going to be done, I just needed to create the mansion first and just like literally create like, okay, there's going to be a bedroom here. There's going to be a hallway here and that kind of stuff. And then that kind of allowed me to go forward with that. Yeah, no, I think that's absolutely perfect. I think, and as an environmental artist, that makes perfect sense. Um, I I will say someone that has always struggled with getting assets, because for the longest time, you know, I was doing game development stuff before I even did the degree, right? Whether it was through map editors or whatever. I developed, um, I forget what I call it. I had a name for it in college. And uh, I can get into that story later. But essentially, I started to have this issue where all of my line of thinking would be, how do I work with what I've got? Mm, Yeah. And while that makes sense with no context, it ended up being an issue whenever I would have a team. Because I'd be like, all right, I'm going to do this, this, and this. And then they'd be like, well, shouldn't we make something? And I'd be like, Mm. oh, okay, uh, make this. And then they'd make it, and then I would like do something kind of weird, or I would do something that doesn't quite hit like the way it should. Um, and they'd be like, "Why didn't, why didn't you just ask us to like help out?" Or like, "I could have done that." Like, and long story short, yeah, I had this weird thing where it's like I would just—that's what it was—make do syndrome. I had make do syndrome where it was just be like, "I'll just make do with what I got." And yeah. uh, this all just to connect back to where we were. I think it makes sense for an environmental artist. It's like, you're a good environmentalist, like environmental, like storytelling and like visuals. So you should create that set. And then I feel like that's where you're going to get your source of inspiration as well, because you're going to be like, oh my gosh, I made this look good. I made that look good. And I put this here so we could do that with it. That makes total sense to me. Yeah. I also think that especially for a new developer, if you've literally never made a game before, um, I think, like, I I always read, you know, like, oh, you should make a game design document and all of that stuff. And I do think that's important, but it's also really difficult if you've literally never made anything before because you just don't even know the process, you know? And so, like, until you go through that process and understand what roadblocks you hit... um then it's really hard to just sit down and actually make a plan because you really don't know what's going to happen throughout the course of of your development. I'm in two minds about it because I'm someone that thinks, I mean, I, I touched on it briefly earlier, you should just go for it. Like, if you even if you don't know, just go for it. Um, so I'm someone that's like, it should be part of your process but you shouldn't be upset whenever you can't follow it or it just ended up not making sense. 
Um, That's kind of where I'm at with it. Like, I would recommend someone to do it because I think they could get something out of it for at least trying because then they get a little understanding of what it is they're trying to make to begin with. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think they just need to not get caught up on sticking to it or the fact it's not 100% fleshed out or, you know, this or that. I just think it should be a part of your process personally. But even if you don't, it's not the end of the world if you're new. Yeah, well, I, I, I'm, I'm not saying don't have a plan. Like, I definitely think it's a good idea to have a plan. But, um, like, I had looked through a couple of people's, or like, you know, sample game design documents and that kind of stuff when I started kind of planning out House of Lies. And, like, I was just beyond confused because I didn't know what half the stuff that they were even talking about. And right. also, like, at least half of the stuff just didn't even apply to my game because every game is different you know people just do things differently so um well i do think planning is very important it's also like you kind of almost have to develop your own kind of methodology of doing yes doing that process just like the the a to b when it comes to the start to the end of the game it's 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 one of the hardest things with game development, and I'm going to go on like a long tangent, so I'm just going to keep this as brief as I can. Game development is all about problem solving, and problem solving very rarely has one answer, and that's that's as yeah. brief as I'll keep it. Yeah. And, and it does that with everything. I mean, even down to the game development document, you could make the most successful indie game of all time and not have made a GDD, but that doesn't necessarily mean we shouldn't recommend it. You know what I mean? Now, I, by yeah. the way, I'm not claiming you said that they shouldn't, because it kind of yeah. sounded like you were saying, or you, it kind of sounded like I came off that way, but that's not what I meant at all. <laughs> yeah. 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 So anyway, I've, I've been working on that. Um, and I also just made, um, uh, I just made, a, I think I call it my AI wish list for, for uh, the AI that I want to have in the game. Which is a whole nother beast because it's yeah. again, it's it's the game development process of problem solving. And that's the thing about being a game dev is it's all about problem solving, but you're the one making your own problems. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. All right. Uh, just for the sake of time, I know we could absolutely keep going on that. I'm going to uh, go on with what I have been up to this week. Um, I am developing and i don't want to give too many details out yet just know that it's going to be a system for purchase that will help developers create games um hopefully as simple as possible that's my goal is to make a system you buy it it comes with complete full documentation as well as every single node okay at least 75% of nodes commented, letting you know exactly what they're doing uh, to help people learn and uh, to help developers develop games faster, especially designers, because designers don't want to code. So hopefully that's what the system will be for. And that's what I'm working on. And uh, this week, it has been saving and loading. And I got to tell you, Saving and loading by default is already kind of a difficult process, or at least a long process. But to come at it from the angle of, I don't know what the developer's creating, and yeah. I don't know what genre or anything, 
and they have to be able to implement it and they have to make it work um has been difficult because it's been a very hard process for me of considering this needs to be user-friendly documented and they need to be able to learn it and use it and this also has to be efficient and not the worst code ever and sometimes those things work against each other because just because i make something easy to use to get it to be easy sometimes means i have to make it not work the way that it technically should if that makes sense mm -hmm. um but no saving and loading is an absolute nightmare um being able to take all that data store it somewhere and then get it back to the places it needs to be is just a process man it is a process because for those that don't know whenever a new map or level loads all information that is saved or not saved rather is gone so if a door was unlocked if uh, the player was at a location uh if you moved or picked something up none of that saves so not only do you have to get that information you then have to return it to those actors because those actors still exist in their default position when that level loads so not only are you saving that information you're sending it back so when the level loads they go back to what they were doing whether it was being deleted picked up door unlocked opened it's it's a lot. It sounds like a lot. <laughs> um, I will say that the the major thing that has annoyed me is in Unreal Engine, there are these things called GUIDs, or Global Unique Identifiers. What those are is when an actor exists, it basically gives it a GUID, so that way it has a very unique code that the engine will always know that you're talking about that specific actor. It's kind of like saying it has its own unique name. It's 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 its address. It's this is it's its social security number. There we go. Um mm, yeah, I like that. Um but in order to find that actor, you don't just need the GUID. You also need a reference to that actor. And that drives me insane <laughs> because what you have to do, like, let's say you're going through all the doors in a level, okay, to make sure they're all unlocked if they were unlocked. Mm -hmm. You have to run a get all actors of class, take that array, run a for each loop through it, and check and see if it's GUID is in the save that you're that you've created and if it is give it the information and i feel like if you have to run through all the doors anyway i, I don't know i get the point of the guid i just feel like it falls short of what it could be and that having to have a reference to the actor yeah, it seems a bit redundant. It does. It, it just seems redundant. Thank you. That's that's a good cap for what I'm getting on about. It's it's <laughs> redundant to me. But yeah, but yeah. All right. Looking ahead. So 
yes, in this uh, section, basically, I just wanted to say uh, what we plan on doing going forward. One is guests, and we want anyone that's in the game industry, whether you're an indie game dev, professional, whatever, to let us know if you want to be a on the podcast and why you want to be on the podcast. Um, I want to have an, a dedicated email set up for this, um, but for now... Uh, if that sounds like you, if you liked this and you're like, dude, I kind of want to get on there and tell my story and, you know, just talk about game development. Uh, the email is just darkslayertv at gmail.com. Just send me that email. Tell me who you are and why. And I would love to have you. And another way to do it, if you don't want to do the email, is you can just join the Indie Allies Discord, which there will be a link in the description um, for you to hop on over. Lots of great people in there that are all just indie game devs making stuff work. We even have some uh, industry professionals in there. Um, Hal does a great job keeping conversation going. And you guys have like a weekly meeting. Uh, bi-weekly. Bi-weekly. Okay. As, in, as in every two weeks. Right. So every two weeks. And then what are those like? Because I'll be honest. I... I'm awful at social stuff, so I'm just going to be honest. I have not been to one, and I feel awful about it. But it's just it's one of my weaknesses. Um, but yeah, what's what's it like? What do you guys do? Yeah. So um, first of all, I want to say really quickly because um, I always forget this. Um, you can go to literally just indieallies.com, and that will just take you to the Discord. What? I didn't know yeah. that. Yep. I. That's a thing. Don't- I can't believe I was able to get that um, that um, URL, um, but sure enough, it was available, so I took it. Holy crap! I just did it. <laughs> yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, so um, so yeah, that'll make it easy to just give. You can just give that um, that out to anybody. All right, I that's what I'm gonna do. I didn't know that was a thing. So there you go. If you want to join the Discord, it's just indieallies.com. That's there you go. Dope, but. Um, but yeah, so every two weeks, uh, we have what I call a community meetup. Um, and it is just a time for us to, um, hop into a voice chat on discord. And, um, I, I use it as a time to talk about what we're working on. I mean, it's almost kind of like a podcast itself that you're a part of. So, you know, we just come on, we just talk about what we're talking, what we're working on it's very open discussion. We can really talk about anything. Usually it's just me asking questions and other people teaching me stuff. <laughs> but I, I love when but other that people, could be you. <laughs> I love when other people learn stuff or, you know, um, when I get to teach people stuff, which is very rare, but, um, that's, that's fun. Um, but it's also totally open to anybody. Like if you literally just want to come in there and just lurk and you want to mute your microphone or maybe you don't even have a microphone, you can just come in and listen. And we have um, a, a cool thing in Discord is you can, if you're in a voice chat, you can just have like a chat room um, open as well. And so you can just chat in there if you you know don't have a microphone or don't want to speak. And uh, we can see that and talk to you that way as well. Yeah, I I am blown away at the success of this Discord. Something we didn't touch on, um, which we maybe should have, but it's really not that big a deal, is Hal and I have only known each other for about a year now, maybe a little less than a year. Um, And that was because Hal sent me a message over Reddit, which shortly after we created the Discord, it was mostly Hal's idea and his uh, effort that went into it. 
And at this point, it's just so successful. We've got about 100 people in there, actually a little over 100, um, all of them active, everyone talking, uh, showing off their stuff. And uh, it's it's a wonderful place to come hang out. And you could end up on the podcast if you end up wanting to join and let us know. Um, so that is yeah. the IndieAllies.com, apparently. That's so sick. <laughs> yeah, I really started it because, um, you know, there's a million discords out there and there's so many communities out there that are already established. And that's great. Like if you're a part of one of those communities, that's awesome. But when you're just getting into something, it's really hard to get into a group of like 5,000 other people and, yeah. you know, really feel like you can actually talk to anyone or like actually make connections with anyone. So I really just started this as a way for people like me that were just newer developers that wanted to uh, find a place to connect with other, you know, new developers. Um, and so that's kind of what I started it as. And yeah, it's growing, um, uh, which uh, like you said, I, I'm still kind of shocked that it is growing. I, I didn't really have any expectations and I'm always glad whenever I see someone joins, which is pretty frequently now. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I would say we get a couple a week, and that's um, that. I'd say that's on the low end because sometimes I see them daily. It's it's kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we we definitely want to have guests. Um, but the other thing is, uh, we want to have a Q and A segment. Uh, as of right now, I have no prompt because I think in the future the goal would be to have guests plan ahead of time, um, and then I can specify, hey, next week we're gonna have this person and they specialize in this and then like the q a segment can really focus in on you know their specialties and asking them questions and uh, you can always ask us questions as well um but this week uh if you have questions for us about game development in general like maybe you're interested in it that's why you showed up at this podcast maybe you're already in it and you're interested in our opinion on something and just want to talk about it or whatever um all those questions can be put in the Discord. And in fact, I should probably have a chat with Hal uh, about maybe setting up some <laughs> stuff for that. But um, yeah, they can be sent in the Discord or you can send them to, again, darkslayertv at gmail.com. Um, and I want to have a Q&A segment uh, towards the end of these with our guests and uh, us, of course. And uh, I guess that pretty much covers it this week. Yeah. Um, maybe we should we should plug things. What do you got to plug? You got a YouTube yes. channel? What's coming yeah, up? Yeah, for sure. You know what? You know what? This whole time. This whole time. I'm like, I need to ask how where people can find him. This whole time. <laughs> and then I didn't do it. Ah, <laughs> but you remembered, and that's all that matters. I'm glad you're here. No, uh, pretty much Dark Slayer TV. Literally everything. Um, and then I also have a twitch channel uh that isn't dark slayer tv called paranormal rooster um and we just watch ghost videos cryptid videos um aliens um illuminati literally all that kind of stuff and we just try to have fun with it and we critique it and uh you know challenge people to think critically because i think those kinds of videos are almost it's almost like an okay category to either make fun of or critique pretty harshly considering in a lot of cases you know they're claiming it's real so the fact they're claiming it's real means that if it's not then 
they're lying. But regardless, we have a lot of fun. Uh, it's very lighthearted. And, um, do you ever watch like uh, YouTube, uh, YouTube? Do you ever watch UFO videos? I haven't on Paranormal Rooster yet. Uh, I have outside of it. Um, the goal, though, is that I, I might do that soon on Paranormal Rooster. Yeah, that's fun. But cool. yeah, so Dark Slayer TV and Paranormal Rooster. Awesome. What about yeah. you, Hal? Um, yeah, so IndieAllies.com, of course. Um, you can also, um, I guess, just HowAboutStudios.com is the place that you can go and that has all my social links and everything there. My God, is that really a thing? It is, yeah. You're teaching me all these things. Let's see. I know. Let's check it out. Sometimes, We're going to check it out live right now. Sometimes I just go on a buying spree and just get Ooh. lots of URLs. I, you know, I've seen this uh, this splash screen before. Yeah. Oh wow, I've seen a lot. Hmm, man, I've seen a lot of these images before. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Yes. Quite. Yeah. Oh, I guess I can plug really quick too. I also stream um, on Twitch. Uh, not typically game development. Um, in fact, probably for the rest of the year, I will literally just be playing Baldur's Gate three. Um, <laughs> But um, normally I play a variety of games, but I'm really, really stuck on uh, Baldur's Gate 3. But twitch.tv slash Hal451, that's where you can find that. Awesome. And I will make sure to include those in any description on whatever platforms I can get this on. As far as I'm aware, uh, getting it on anything is difficult, uh, but it will at least be on YouTube. Uh, we can guarantee that. Whether it'll be on other stuff, I'm going to try my hardest. Um, but for now... If you guys enjoyed the podcast, please let us know. And if you didn't, let us know, but please make it um, constructive, right? If you just like, I hate it. Well, I can't change anything for you because I don't know what you didn't like. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, this was really fun. Um, I hope to keep doing these. And uh, thank you all for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Later.